0: God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints podcast. My name is Professor Darren Ong, recording from Sepang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we commemorate St. Rita of Cascia. St. Rita was an Italian woman who desired from an early age to be an Augustinian nun, but submitted to her parents' desire for her to marry. Her husband and children would die young, under tragic circumstances, and St. Rita joined the convent later in life where she would become known for her piety and by the effectiveness of her prayers. So much so that today she is known as the patron saint of the impossible. Let us hear an account of her life. This is from the website of St. Rita's Church in Dade City, Florida. Rita was born in the year 1381, in the village of Rocca Porrena, near Cascia, Italy. Her parents, Antonio and Amata Lotti, considered her birth a very special gift from God, for Rita was born to them, as they were already advancing in age. As a young girl, Rita frequently visited the convent of the Augustinian nuns in Cascia, and dreamed of one day joining their community. Her parents, however, had promised her in marriage, according to the custom of the day, to Paolo Mancini, a good man of strong and impetuous character. Rita accepted her parents' decision, resolved to see this as God's will for her. The young couple was joined in marriage and soon twin boys were born to them. Rita found herself occupied with the typical concerns of a wife, mother, and homemaker of Roca Porrena, while Paolo was employed as a watchman for the town. In Castia, as everywhere, a great rivalry existed between two popular political factions the Guelphs, and the Ghibellines. As a minor official of the town, Paolo often found himself drawn into the conflict, and the strain that this caused probably accounts for the tension which she sometimes brought into the Mancini household. By her prayer, patience, and affection, however, Rita was able to ease the stress and worry her husband experienced. But she was not able to shield him altogether from the dangers to which society exposed him. One day, as Paolo was returning home from work, he was ambushed and killed. The pain which this unexpected and violent death inflicted upon Rita was only compounded by the fear she felt that her two teenage sons, moved by the unwritten law of the vendetta, would seek to avenge their father's death. Rita's only recourse was to prayer and persuasion. As it happened, the death of both boys, from natural causes a short time later, removed them from physical and spiritual danger. Despite her great burden, she could still thank God that they had died in peace, free of the poison of murder, to which hatred and revenge might have otherwise drawn them. Now alone in the world and without family responsibilities, Rita once more turned her thoughts to the desired vocation of her youth, that of joining the Augustinian nuns of Saint Mary Magdalene Monastery. Some of the religious of the community, however, were relatives of the members of the political faction considered responsible for Paolo's death so as to not attempt the harmony of the convent, Rita's request for admission was denied. Fortunately, she was not to be easily dissuaded from following what she knew to be God's plan for her. She implored her three patron saints, John the Baptist, Augustine and Nicholas of Tolentino to assist her and she set about the task of establishing peace between the hostile parties of Kaskia, with such success that her entry into the monastery was assured. At the age of 36, Rita pledged to follow the ancient rule of St Augustine. For the next 40 years, she gave herself wholeheartedly to prayer and works of charity, striving especially to preserve peace and harmony among the citizens of Kaskia, with a pure love She wanted more and more to be intimately joined to the redemptive suffering of Jesus, and this desire of hers was satisfied in an extraordinary way. One day when she was about 60 years of age, she was meditating before an image of Christ crucified, as she was long accustomed to doing. Suddenly a small wound appeared on her forehead, as though a thorn from the crown that encircled Christ's head loosed itself and penetrated her own flesh. For the next fifteen years, she bore this external sign of stigmatization and union with the Lord. In spite of the pain she constantly experienced, she offered herself courageously for the physical and spiritual well-being of others. During the last four years of her life, Rita was confined to bed and was able to eat so little that she was practically sustained on the Eucharist alone. She was, nevertheless, an inspiration to her sisters in religion and to all who came to visit her, by her patience and joyful disposition, despite her great suffering. One of those who visited her some few months before her death, a relative from her hometown of Roca Porena, was privileged to witness firsthand the extraordinary things wrought by Rita's requests. When asked whether she had any special desires, Rita asked only that a rose from the garden of her parents' home be brought to her. It was a small favour to ask, but quite an impossible one to grant in the month of January. Nevertheless, on returning home, the woman discovered to her amazement a single brightly coloured blossom on the bush where the nun said it would be. Picking it, she returned immediately to the monastery and presented it to Rita, who gave thanks to God for this sign of love. Thus the saint of the thorn became the saint of the rose, and she whose impossible requests were granted her became the advocate of all whose own requests Seem impossible as well. As she breathed her last, Rita's final words to the sisters who gathered around her were remain in the holy love of Jesus, remain in obedience to the holy Roman Church, remain in peace and fraternal charity. Having faithfully and lovingly responded to God's many invitations to her, in the course of her 76 years, Rita returned to God in peace on May the 22nd, 1457. Her body, which has remained incorrupt over the centuries, is venerated today in the Shrine of Kaskia, which bears her name. Her feast is observed on the anniversary of her death on the 22nd of May. St. Rita was known for her devotion to her vows in the convent, the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Here is an account from a biography written by Rev. Joseph Sicardo, translated into English by Rev. Dan Murphy. One particular incident in the life of St. Rita will give you an idea how detached she was from earthly things. On the occasion of her journey to Rome, in company with the other nuns, St. Rita happened to find on the way, on the way, a gold coin which she threw into the swift waters of a river they had to cross. The nuns were surprised at her act, which they considered at least imprudent, and some of them reproved her, saying, we may stand in need of money before we return to Kaskia. St. Rita, sorry that she had displeased her sisters, responded to their complaint with these words. Sister, I threw that piece of money into the river because though the coin was small and of little weight, to me it seemed very heavy. So heavy indeed that I did not have the strength to carry it any longer Saint Rita was canonized as a saint in the year 1900 with feast day celebrated on 22nd of May There was a celebration in the year 2000 to mark the centenary of her canonization In this celebration, Pope St. John Paul II gave this tribute. Among us today is an illustrious pilgrim who joins us from heaven in our prayer. It is St. Rita of Cascia, whose mortal remains brought to Rome by the Italian police, accompany the crowds of those who devotedly call upon her with affectionate familiarity and confidently bring to her the problems and anxieties that weigh upon their hearts. Today, it is as if the Shrine of Castia had been moved to St. Peter's Square, and you have come to venerate her, dear pilgrims, from every part of the world. Together with her, you intend to renew your deepest sentiments of fidelity and communion to the Pope, as she did in her lifetime. The mortal remains of Saint Rita, which we venerate here today, are a significant sign of what the Lord accomplishes in history, when he finds humble hearts open to his love. Here we see the frail body of a woman, who was small in stature but great in holiness, who lived in humility and is now known throughout the world for her heroic Christian life as a wife, mother, widow and nun. Deeply rooted in the love of Christ, Rita found in her faith unshakable strength to be a woman of peace in every situation. In her example of total abandonment to God, in her transparent simplicity and in her unflinching fidelity to the gospel, we too can find sound direction for being authentic Christian witnesses at the dawn of the third millennium. But what is the message that this saint passes on to us? It is a message that flows from her life. Humility and obedience were the path that Rita, took, that Rita took to be ever more perfectly conformed to the crucified one. The mark which shines on her forehead is the verification of her Christian maturity. On the cross with Jesus, she is crowned in a certain way, with the love that she knew and heroically expressed within her home and by her participation in the events of her town. Following the spirituality of St. Augustine, she became a disciple of the Crucified One and an expert in suffering. She learned to understand the sorrows of the human heart. Rita thus became the advocate of the poor and the despairing, obtaining countless graces of consolation and comfort for those who called upon her in the most varied situations. Rita of Castia was the first woman to be canonised in the great jubilee at the beginning of the 20th century, 24th May 1900. In decreeing her sainthood, my predecessor Leo XIII observed that she pleased Christ so much that he chose to imprint upon her the seal of his charity and his passion. The privilege was granted to her for her exceptional humility, her interior detachment from earthly desires, and the admirable penitential spirit which accompanied her at every moment of her life. Today, a hundred years after her canonization, I am pleased to offer her again as a sign of hope, especially to families. Dear Christian families, by imitating her example, may you also know how to find in your fidelity to Christ the strength to fulfil your mission of service to the civilization of love. If we ask St. Rita for the secret to this extraordinary work of social and spiritual renewal, she replies, Fidelity to the love that was crucified. Rita, with Christ and like Christ, goes to the cross always and only through love. Like her then, let us turn our eyes and hearts to Jesus who died on the cross and rose for our salvation. It is He, our Redeemer, who makes the family's mission of unity and fidelity possible, as He did for this beloved saint, even in moments of crisis and difficulty. And it is He who gives concrete form to the Christian commitment to building peace by helping them to overcome the conflicts and tensions which unfortunately are so frequent in daily life. The saint of Karskia belongs to the great host of Christian women who have had significant impact on the life of the church as well as of society. Rita well interpreted the feminine genius by living it intensely in both physical and spiritual motherhood. On the sixth centenary of her birth, I recall that her lesson is concentrated on these typical elements of spirituality the offer of forgiveness and the acceptance of suffering, not through a form of passive resignation, but through the strength of that love for Christ, who precisely in the episode of his being crowned, suffered along with other humiliations and atrocious parody of his kingship. Dear brothers and sisters, the worldwide devotion to Saint Rita is symbolized by the rose. It is to be hoped that the life of everyone devoted to her will be like the rose picked in the garden of Roca the winter before the saint's death. That is, let it be a life sustained by passionate love for the Lord Jesus, a life capable of responding to suffering and to thorns with forgiveness, and the total gift of self, in order to spread everywhere the good order of Christ, through consistently lived proclamation of the Gospel. Dear Devoted Pilgrims, Rita offers her rose to each of you. In receiving it spiritually, strive to live as witnesses to a hope that never disappoints, and as missionaries of a life that conquers death. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints podcast page on Facebook or on Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, James John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, so more people can find the Christian Saints podcast and be blessed by these stories of God's saints. We will end with the last words of St. Rita of Kaskia to her sisters in the convent as she lay in her deathbed. Sisters, I am not afraid to die, for I know what it is to die. It is to close the eyes to the world and open them to God. Love God above all things, his goodness being infinite and his beauty without comparison. You should keep always before your minds the great love he has for you as father, spouse, and master. Love one another with a reciprocal chase and holy love. Observe faithfully the rule you have professed, and venerate with a religious affection our Great and Holy Father, St. Augustine, who has pointed out to you by his rule the royal road to glory. Be obedient to Holy Mother Church, and to your superior as you promised when you made your solemn profession. May God bless you, and may you always remain in holy peace and love with your beloved spouse, Jesus Christ.